Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com slash voices in my head. Give it a try today. Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. Welcome back to the Voices in My Head podcast. This audible uh, or audio episode, I should say, is just a, a little bit different than normal. I tried to record it on my recorder uh, at the General Assembly for the Church of the Nazarene in Indianapolis, just like last week's podcast, and this one was on hymn writing and adaptation. And my recorder, the app, froze up in the middle of the recording. Thankfully, somebody else that was there participating ran a audio recording, and I was able to get a pretty decent recording out of this, of the session that I led with my friend Brandon Hancock on hymn writing and adaptation. So I'm going to go ahead and share that here, and I think you're going to enjoy it and be able to hear everything very well. So uh, it, it may not be as clean and crisp as some of the episodes that I have and other um, that you're used to when you listen to voices in my head, but it's still pretty good. So um, I hopefully, hopefully this will be of interest to you and a help to you. And I now present to you the audio of uh, the workshop that I did, hymn writing and adaptation. And I hope you enjoy it, and I'll talk to you soon. Um, and so music is, is one of our passions, even though neither of us believe that music is worship, we are very passionate about music in worship. And one thing that I have been doing a lot of over the years, and have been doing a lot with Lifeway Worship, is adapting hymns. Uh, it's, it's not just that, I, I do write some modern hymns as well, and it's hard to define exactly what a hymn is, because literally there's not a definition. I mean, you'll go online and people will say, a hymn is this, or a hymn is that. Um, the best definition I think that we can come up with are songs of praise sung by the people, you know. We have structures that sound hymn-like, and to our ears we'll say, oh, that's, that's a hymn, like in the way it's sung. Um, but a lot of times we consider them to be like an ancient way of singing, or it seems more ancient. But there's just not really like a definition like of what hymns is. But even the Bible talks about, you know, singing hymns of praise to the Lord. So for our purposes today, what we're going to talk about, we actually are going to use the hymnal a bit today to talk about some things because the hymnal is a great way of helping us to communally sing together. And if there's anything that is important in the church when it comes to music, we should be all about helping our congregations to sing together, to worship together through song. And that's one of the, the ways that we can participate together. There are so many ways to help our people participate um, music is, is one of the easiest ways to get them to participate. If we can get our people to follow the command to sing unto the Lord, um, then we're doing pretty well, I hope, and I think. 
So, Brandon, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? In yeah, I will. Yeah. Of, you, is this um, up, like, to play? Uh, is it yeah. plugged in right? Should be. Okay. Yeah. I just thought I'd get, um, us, get us going while you're talking. So, hi, I'm Brandon. And uh, taking care of technology. Yeah, um, I lead worship at uh, Marion First Church of the Nazarene in Marion, Indiana, not the larger Marion Church of the Nazarene, First Church of the Nazarene in Ohio. Um, little church of about 120. And uh, but my full time job is teaching at Indiana Wesleyan University, Wesley Seminary. Um, so I teach uh, worship and practical theology uh, in our master's program in Div and Master of Arts and Ministry. Worship specialization. I oversee. Oh, sorry. That's all right. And um, yeah, I've been friends with for a long time. And uh, my wife was up singing with us in the last hour. Gloria is the one with yeah. kind of silverish hair, uh, yeah. singing on the side with Andrea. And um, we leave worship together. Sorry, banging guitar. And so I share Rick's passion for uh, the hymns. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up going camp meeting and singing. Hymns, and I don't want us to lose a lot of them. And um, I think we need to be writing new hymns and adapting old hymns. And I think we need to keep those things um, part of communal worship. Yes. So, because we weren't sure who would come and like what the interests were, uh, and with a group this size, like we can just take a minute and figure out, like, because, like, for instance, Rick and I don't want to. Spend 45 minutes of this time together talking about songwriting. If you all are like, yeah, we, we're not ready to write songs. Like, we just want to talk about, like, how do we take old hymns and find how to do them with guitars or whatever, something like that. So maybe we could just have a minute to kind of hear from you guys about what you want to talk about while we're together. Because this should be, again, dialogue and collaboration, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let me ask first where, where we're coming from. How many of you are, are like, ministers in music or... Okay, so we've got a few ministers. We have senior pastors or other sorts of staff. What uh, what else do we have? Uh, do we have just, interest in... Just a lay person that has led music for okay. 30 years. So. Okay, yeah, sorry. I shouldn't, have, I, I shouldn't have assumed like you had yeah. to be on staff to be yeah. working with you. Yeah. But are, are most yeah, of you... Paid, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of us don't. Um, <laughs> is, is that... Most of us, though, are working in music in some way in the church or, or in a pastoral role, things like that. I plan all the worship. Okay, and so you plan the services, which is a, a huge, a huge part. Okay. Sometimes have a theme. Okay, and sometimes have a theme. Gotcha. I understand. I think yours is coming through. Why, why is yours not? Are you, are you sure? This is coming through. It, it is. Oh man, I'm just hearing your time. Yeah, it's there. There it is. Great. Um, well, a lot of my passion revolves around songwriting. Okay, so what I think what I'll do real quick is. Um, if there's no objection to this, if you have no interest whatsoever, that's fine, but I'll, I'll kind of tell you my approach to going about hymns if I'm trying to sort of rewrite them um, in a way that adapts them to the congregation. Um, I focus a lot when I'm looking at a song on... Can I ask a question? Yes, sure. Why the thought of reading of having to adapt? Of having to adapt? Yeah, that's a good question. That is a very good question. I think in, in our case... Um, hymns were, for the most part, and I have this hymnal in front of me, which, you know, most of you probably have these in your church. This is a tool I use all the time. One thing that you'll find if you look through the hymnal, um, almost every hymn, you see that the words were written, um, not every song, but almost every one, when I go through, 
here's the words, and about a hundred years later, here's the music that yeah. goes with it. Uh, and so for me, the reason is, if I can take this poem, which is written in a certain meter, you know, a lot of these things are written in a certain way, um, they're actually designed to be adapted to wherever they're being sung. So if I can find, for instance, this morning, um, I know that wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea, but the way we did A Can It Be this morning, you know, you can... You can do that in a very high church setting. You could do it with, you know, a big organ or whatever. Um, but it could just as easily, keeping that meter in mind and keeping, you know, the poetry in mind where you're going, you can adapt it to a lot of things. So the way we did in there, you know, with... And congregation uh, speaks that musical language, it might be really good. So to me, I think of music as a language to be spoken to people. Um, and I don't, I don't think that necessarily the music is always sacred as much as the content like in the words. I think we even see that in the Psalms, because all the Psalms, all 150 or 151 if you're Orthodox, um, all of them are written as songs. But the music we don't have, you know. So I think it yeah, gives. Yeah, I was us... just at the National Church Leader Conference, and Mike Harland, who's the head of Lifeway, mm-hmm. so you know we can get truth from Baptists, right? And uh, Mike said, uh, he said, God in His wisdom gave us this this hymn book called yeah. the Psalms. And he said, Have you ever thought, stopped and thought, why isn't there a book right after it called Tunes? Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's like, like it's it, the the tunes weren't. Preserved, you know. I mean, they had tunes. We know they had tunes. We know some of those words at the top of the songs referred to different tunes and stuff. But, you know, God and his sovereignty and wisdom and the Holy Spirit's working down through the history didn't preserve the tunes. Why not? He could have. Why, why couldn't he have? And, and it's because we need to always be singing new songs. Yeah. Right? New tunes. Can I share? Sure. Yeah, I, I had uh, um, led worship at a uh, 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 Alliance Church, Christian Missionary Alliance Church. If you know the history. Find them, uh, the pastor, uh, the guy that founded it, A.B. Simpson, uh, was a hymn writer, and his daughter would write the music to go along with uh, the hymns. And so I was kind of going through this hymnal, this Alliance uh, uh, hymnal, and I found these, this hymn. The words were awesome. And I can't think, of, it, was, it was called uh, Solid King or something like that. And so I, I kind of made up my own melody to go along with this hymn. And you'd have thought I had changed scripture. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, they, you know, it was. But when I then I listened to the original, and it was just, I just wanted to die. So, yeah, it was, it was awful. Yeah. And so, you so, know, yeah, in my experience, like a lot, of, for instance, a lot of our holiness hymns have that real like march feel to them, yeah, and that sure. just doesn't translate like no. to yeah. modern instrumentation very right. well. I mean, it's really, it's really hard to do. You know, holiness under the Lord. Yeah, the theology, the, the, the theology yeah. is in the words. Yeah. It's yeah. not in the music. Well, and what I would yes, say too, with, with, yeah, and we're we're gonna we're gonna do brands in a second um, to show you an adaptation of "Call Into Holiness," which is, let's face it, that song usually gets sung in ordination. That's about all I hear it anymore. They didn't even sing it at last uh, general assembly. Yeah, they so, still sing it at all. So it's, but it's one that still has a lot of life and vitality to it. But, it, but even like this morning, just to give you an example. And, and by the way, there's nothing against old ways of playing it either. I, I, if if that fits in your context, there's sometimes that I really like to do things just the real traditional way too. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I find with a little bit of tweaking, I can look at the meter of the song, and I can find ways. I usually try as much as I can to keep um, the melody as intact as I can. Yeah. Um, because if you change that too much, it really can throw people off, and, and it actually discourages congregations from singing. 
But with just a little bit of adaptation, you can sometimes make it different. Now, I just want to follow up on the Ancanon B example. That's That way we did it this morning could, could be done pretty easily, like in a church that had bluegrassy instruments or something. My church tends to be a little bit more modern in the way it does music. And, and on my new album, I did a version of Ancanon B that was much more you know, modern sounding. So like when we get to that third verse, it's like... Sometimes, like, if you do it tweaks you. That yeah, you familiarity. Uh, what, what Andy Stanley talks about uh, familiarity breeding kind of unawareness. Time in erodes awareness of right, and so sure. the more time you spend with a particular hymn, tune, and melody, yeah, you just kind of it becomes so familiar that you that you can sometimes just skate through it and not pay attention to the meaning. And when you just do something a little different, then you go, oh wow, that line landed differently with me because I sang it differently. Sometimes too on a lot of hymns, I, I feel like I'm running through it. 
and I don't have time to think about what I'm saying. And right. so sometimes if we can slow it down a little bit, and we'll try to give some examples, but I, I do want you to hear, if you haven't heard it, Brandon has a really great adaptation of Call into Holiness. I'll, I'll let him yeah, take so, the mic. Um, go ahead. Yeah. When was the birth of or, I mean, I'm just thinking back here, and it's all been down, all been down. Sure. When did the, uh, which are great, I mean, I love it, of course, that's what we've done this through the years, but the end, and was when the chorus was, Well, it, I mean, it's it's kind of the it's associated with the Jesus movement, the counterculture of the late '60s, early '70s. And if you're really interested in the history, the, uh, there's a new book out by a professor at Duke named Lester Ruth. Yeah, uh, who taught at Asbury for years. It's called Loving on Jesus: A Brief History of the Contemporary Worship Movement, or something. I think that's the subtitle. Yeah. It's only about 140 pages long. But um, he's done research into you know how this all got started and then how it. Um, I mean, with you know, of course, a lot of the early guys and then the labels that formed and the, eventually the formation of like CCLI. And I mean, there's a really fascinating story to be told. Well, there. the Catholics were doing it in the fifties, so they were they kind of were yeah. the predecessors of all that brought guitars and lost more. Yeah, and I would tag on to what Rick was saying about um, the. I'm really hesitant about. Um, deviating too far. I mean, like my, my rule of thumb when it comes to adapt, adapting and even deciding which kind of other people's modern adaptations, that's because of, you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there that passion bands and like other, other writers and arrangers, even Tomlin and people like that have, you know, done good adaptations of hymns. But some of them, I think, um, they're, they're not as helpful because they deviate so far from the original. It almost um, be a distraction. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's kind of like there's this weird. I think either totally rewrite it, right, or like stick to the kind of the rhythm and the melody that's there, even if you change the chords, even if you kind of do different things. And so, before we do holiness of the Lord, um, I want to give an example of what I'm talking about. So. Um, I've never liked, and I'm picking on Tomlin for a minute, but I've never liked his uh, his version of Take My Life and Let It Be. Because, it, you know, so we're used to singing, Take my life and let it be. Right, so people have sung that their whole life, right? And then you do Tomlin's, because it's like, oh, you know. And, it, and listen to how close it is, but yet, if that's how you know it, how hard it is to sing. Take my life and let it be consecrated. It's all syncopated, right? It's and then he goes to this, Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. And it's just kind of like, it's close, but it's just enough that if you're, like, if you're my mom sitting, you know, on the second pew, like, you're just thrown a little off kilter and you can't sing, you can't participate. So, like, I don't find that to be a helpful one, right? And it is well that the, I forget which band. Passion band that does the... the, the yeah, so the, the passion bands, it is. Yeah. Yeah, my battery is dying in mine. I feel like I'm just a little bit out. Maybe I'm finding people that have never sung songs. True, exactly. Tomlin's is like, oh yeah, I love that. But they've never heard the original because they've never sung I think Tomlin's is actually a good, like, solo. Yes. Yeah. Like, and it's it's pretty. I just not sure it's as great for like congregational. Yeah. And not a, not every song has to be you know like full congregational. It, it, but 
I guess for, for our specific intention and what we're talking about, yeah. we're thinking so, congregationally. Um, your congregation can't grab it. We can't swipe right. quickly. Yeah. And, that's, and that'll, that'll vary from context to context. So right. if you have a lot of your church that's primarily unchurched people, then I say, go for it. Teach it to them as a brand new song because they don't know. They might have heard Amazing Grace at some point, but they don't know whether Oh, Four Thousand Tongues is a song that was written last year or a song that was written 300 years ago. They don't know. And so just teach it as a new song. Um, and that's where some of the ones that are like a drastic rewrite can be helpful. The other example that, uh, so that's one that I think is just off enough to not be helpful. Um, then, like a, a more total rewrite, and, and my my holiness of the Lord arrangement is kind of that. But uh, the other one that I really like, there's a band out of Nashville uh, church group that um, at People's Church in Nashville that did a really cool, I think, a really cool version of. Um, my faith has found a resting place. Now that's a song that I think can be done pretty, pretty well, un, unadapted. I would say, mm-hmm. just you know, different instrumentation. My, let's see. My faith has found a resting place, not in divine soul. My faith has found a resting That's not hard to. I trust the Undo the Lord, like it's that it's right. that line in the way it's sung, and and it occurred to me like, what if I mess around with like flip flopping the lines of the chorus, and so um, so I started experimenting with it. Now I'll, I'll do the chorus first, and then we'll just do verse and chorus whatever. But um, on the chorus, what I came up with was instead of holiness unto the Lord is our watchword and song. I did our watchword and song is holiness unto the Lord. As we're marching along, holiness unto the Lord, we will sing it, shout it loud and long. Holiness unto the Lord. Now in 
yeah, my reverse lines, and that changed the melody. And so I kind of took away a different approach on the chorus, but I was like, I want to preserve the familiar, familiar part. Uh, so we did the kind of the verses are like, Most of us have tons of time to sit down and like start rewriting and imagining every song. Um, I'm at my church one day a week because I, I, my main job, I do like songwriting and I do a lot of traveling and I do things like this. Um, and so I get one day a week to be in my office and do service planning and things like that. Um, when I'm thinking for my congregation what I want to use, just simply because of who our band is at this point, who we have to play with. Um, we don't have an organist anymore. We used to. We used to have an organist. We I used to have a piano player. Brandon has one at his church. Um, but they've, for whatever reason, one one of them moved away, and, and the other one started playing at another church, still comes back on occasion. But the band actually transformed to where we have a younger group of people now, and it's much more like a band. So we've got guitar, bass, drums, things that you have normally in, in you know, uh, a regular rock band. So we've kind of made that transition. So I found that we just weren't able to play like some, they just, it was a completely, talk about a different musical language, they just weren't able to do it. Even if they were, I was like, please play it this way this week or something. It's like, I'd like to, but I can't. So my goal has been to try to write songs that are accessible enough to people who are um, not terrible musicians but not the world's greatest musicians either yeah, and, and that's been that's been a, a good challenge for me I think it's it's why I um, was able to sign on to do some music with Lifeway I think because um, I think that's sort of what we're looking for is we want to find ways to help our churches sing but also we want to find ways to help our musicians that maybe you're not the most stellar. Now, some churches do have incredible musicians 
And if you do, that's great. Maybe you can excel and do Tommy Walker every week and, you know, do, like, amazing stuff that, that we can't all do. Um, uh, but if you're in, like, a lot of churches are, we have a piano player that, you know, is, is sort of chunky chords, you know, type stuff, not necessarily, like, one that can do a lot of showy things. So... Uh, if you want to make a note of a tool that I found extremely useful, useful, it's a website called noteflight.com. It's N-O-T-E, like, like a music note, flight, like an airplane, so noteflight.com. Uh, you can use it for free, although if you do more than a couple, I, I think it's like up to five pieces of music, they start charging you. But it's very affordable. I, I want to say it's maybe $20 a year to have their service. It, it might be a little more than that. They may have raised it. But it's not it's not extremely terrible. What NoteFlight is, is actually a notation site you can do it to. And I will write lead sheets for my band to play along with. Sometimes I'll do number charts, but usually they're more comfortable at least having some sort of a lead sheet outline. Um, the reason I say that is even if you're not very good at writing notation, it'll play it all back for you. And you can go to like the hymnal, which I do sometimes, and I'll just start inputting the notes from the hymnal on here. Uh, just starting to think through. And if, wow, I opened right up to holding the Son of the Lord. Not even a bookmark. Well, it's, you know, it's an Nazarene hymnal, so it's yeah, it's just naturally, 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 that's the page of Bible 3. Oh, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it was designed that way. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, I'll, I'll sit down with the hymnal, and I'll give you some examples of, of what I've done with these. But I'll start thinking through when I'm playing them. I, I may not start out with note flight, but I'll have, like, note flight open. Because if I want to try to adapt something... Um, what I'll do is I'll sit down with a song like, let me show you an example of a couple things I've been working on, maybe a couple things I've actually done here um, that have gone over pretty well in my congregation. I kind of have a rule of three. Um, if, if, it, if I try it about three times at church and it doesn't work, then it's probably not a good one <laughs> to keep to it. So I'm trying to find uh, one that works pretty well. Uh, Is your band acclimated where you can bring it in that day and then they can do it, or do you give them like a month to learn your new adaptation? We, well, we, I try to plan a Sunday ahead every week, so like um, the Wednesday that, that I go in the office this week, I'm planning for Sunday a week from now, so that coming Sunday is already planned, and we'll practice on Tuesday night, and they have then from Tuesday until Sunday morning at our rehearsal before service to, to learn it. Um, so, so this is one that... Do you give you got volunteer musicians and people that aren't superb musicians. Yeah. Well, we're all volunteer. I'm volunteer. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but you're training people. We, <laughs> but we, um, but we, we only meet on Sunday mornings uh, to practice at nine. Services at ten thirty, and um, and I have a real hodgepodge depending on the time of year I have because it's a college town, so I have college students who play during the year, and then like over this whole summer, I'm mostly going to have me. Uh, a guy who plays bass kind of well, drums a little better, and a seven-year-old organist who has to play sheet music. And um, and so a lot of times I just I do keys, and he it's piano, organ, and bass, guitar, and that's all we do. And we do a lot more hymns because the organist is comfortable with. The, and now I have a great organist in the sense that he's not like a phenom player. He like he's, he can't improvise. He ha he has to have. SATB, you know, hymn charts, but he's but he's really 
willing to like learn new songs and to follow me. Bring the tempo up. And yeah. yeah, and so like when I'm, if I mean, he'll play along on contemporary stuff as long as I give him proper music that he can play. Right. And he's and he's very willing. Um, but we don't um, we don't uh, practice during the week, and we just hit it on Sunday morning. So so what I try to do, and I imagine like. Rick probably does as well, did, but didn't mention, like, I'll try to either give him a recording of, like, here's kind of how I want to do it, and in this day and age, I can do that, I can do that on my iPhone, just with me and a guitar, really easily, or I'll find a, a YouTube clip of this is kind of more or less how we're going to do it, somebody else's version, and I'll give it to him a few weeks in advance, and say, hey, this is coming up, I want to do it, I want to give you a chance to get familiar with it, and then we'll, you know, then we'll try it on Sunday, but we're still just going to run it a time or two before the service, and then just run with it, you know. Do you yeah. guys have an idea, I mean, how do you set your music or pick your music to go with the service or not go with the service? Or I work with my pastor pretty close, like he'll help he and I together. He usually gives me the order he wants for the service of the day and oftentimes the theme. And so I kind of work out of that whenever we're planning. So that's that's worked really well for us over, you know, the... 13 years he's been there we've kind of fallen into that rut and that's how I keep ahead every week like we, we we believe that the Lord can work in some advanced planning too so we try to yeah. only in the moment only, <laughs> only in the moment um, yeah so and, and let me chime in yeah. on that in my context I've worked, was, I've worked with three different senior pastors one that didn't give me anything to go on and just was like you just plan the music like you know don't cramp my style I just want to write right. my sermons and like you that's why I hired you to do just pick, pick songs you know, plan it all out, and I'll break my sermon. And never the twain shall meet unless the Holy Spirit shows up, and does, you know. And then I and then I worked with a pastor who was more collaborative and gave me a lot to go on. And now I work with a pastor who's kind of hit and miss in terms of like sometimes he'll give me stuff and sometimes he doesn't. And in the, with the first two pastors, I was full time, and it was kind of frustrating to be like, you know, this is my job, and I and it's I want to serve you well. It's not like I just want to do creative things. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm wanting to impose on you. Like, I want to serve the, the message and set it up well. Um, and when it's my full-time job, like, I, you know, that I want to devote energy to that. Now that I'm a volunteer, I actually don't mind too much that my pastor doesn't give me a lot to go on because it's easier to just <laughs> yeah. kind of create my own theme. Like, and I don't really care if people notice that, like, hey, we sang four songs that were all kind of about grace this morning. I don't care if people notice that or not. Like, it, it might be a thematic help to me to guide the, the flow of the songs that I pick or whatever. Uh, and it may or may not relate to his message, and people may or may not catch it. There's no virtue at backing the Holy Spirit into the corner, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You yeah. really want to give him something to work with, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Right. So, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Sometimes, we've already referred to this, sometimes you can breathe new life into a song um, just by changing it, say, from 4 to 4 to 6 8. Or something because it's just different enough. Um, a lot of things were written as like marches at one point. More. So here's here's one I've been working on like this week that we're going to do uh, a week from Sunday at my church. Actually, I just finished this Wednesday kind of writing this arrangement of it. Um, I added a new chorus to this, which by the way doesn't always work when you're doing hymns, but sometimes it does work, and especially if you do sort of variety. There are a lot of this is the song crowning with many crowns. I think there's. 13 original verses, okay? There's a lot to work with there, and there's a lot of good space and a lot of good lyrics to it that we don't have in, even in our hymnals. So if you go online and you just look up like original lyrics to a hymn, sometimes you'll find a lot of words to work with, and, and sometimes you can actually find a chorus 
that helps to augment the song, you know, and the helps it to... lines that can be turned into a chorus from the right, original verses. Right, right. So that was sort of my starting place on this one, and, and again, if it's a little rusty, it's, it's fairly new, but I changed instead of... <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with that, but I thought it might be a little more singable to modern age if we tried something like this, so I turned it to 6-8, so... Uh, churches would have been not split mm. if people would have been more sensitive like that. Well, and there's, and, the, and it has to be said, too, that there, there there are people, I mean, it's shocking to me that, like, in my church, it's people, it's some people that have been in church for, like, 
forever, <laughs> their whole lives, who um, just the fact that you're doing it with a guitar or with drums is enough. And it's like, how can you be that spiritually immature <laughs> and been in your church in the church your whole life? I mean, it blows my mind. But there, you do have you do deal with those people. Yeah, but sure. like, I don't let them dictate. I mean, that that's so silly to think that like. I mean, on songs like um, that, adding a new chorus, right? To so one of my favorite um, recent. Uh, that's a, that's another kind of category. So we've talked a little bit about like totally change the song, try to do it in a different feel, but preserve the song. You know, maybe that category of like it's just a little bit tweaked, but just enough to throw you off is not the best thing. Then there's like. We're true to the original song, we add a chorus. So Amazing Grace with my chains are gone, right? The Amazing Grace part is just straight up Amazing Grace. There's nothing that should put anybody off about that. Except it's in a different time signature. So, like, uh, that's you, can, you can sing that that's in 4-4 four, four time and you can sing that in 3-4 time. Right. For me, if I get if I start singing that thing in, what's the, uh, what, what's Tomlin's? Is that 3-4 time? He does it in 4. Huh? Okay, so you get so stuck in 3-4 three, three, time and you try to hit that chorus right. in 3-4 time or 4-4 no, 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 no. time. Yeah, or 3-4 yeah. time. That's time. true. I, was, I forgot that he changed the time signature. That, sure, that right. happens a lot. So the original is in 3-4. Amazing grace. That would be kind of the waltzy feel, right? How sweet the sound. And, or you can do it straighter, but he does. Amazing grace. For how sweet the sound. So you're changing it from three four to four four, which is inherently modernizing. It has, you know, just musically. Right. A lot of pop music is not in three four very often, you know, and so um, so four four has that effect. Um, the other example. Oh, huh? It was yeah, it was yeah, yeah waltz. It, it was yeah. dance and waltz well, like meter. And exactly, those, and those were all contemporary styles. Yeah. Those were pop songs of their time. Yeah, yeah they really were. The other. It's also worth noting that a lot of drummers have trouble doing 3-4, like yeah. church drummers, yeah. and it just doesn't come across right. That's so true. Lot, I thought that was just in Tennessee. If you can, to switch to 4-4 four, four and make it still nope. sound good like he did, that it usually yeah. works out best. So this category of like... Um, yeah, actually, 6-8 time is better for drummers to play. Oh, totally. Drummers three, love 6-8. <laughs> yeah, 3-4 time. Guitar players love strumming 6-8. And as fast as possible. Three, um, four, that's right. The... Uh, the one I was thinking of that I wanted to make sure that people here can I steal this for a second. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, is the and this is an, another example of like adding a chorus is um, Travis Cottrell's version of uh, Oh yeah, just yeah. as I am. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Have you guys heard that? So it's like so and again it's totally true to the original. Just as I am So you know that part and it would go.
anybody who's going to come up to me and be like, why'd you ruin Just As I Am? Yeah. Like, I'm not even talking to you. If you think that ruins that song, Chains Are Gone. Yeah, I didn't write that one, but that's amazing. Yeah. The Amazing Grace Chains Are Gone. Yeah. the song, right? Yeah. Or the context of the words. That's true. Then, that, you know, I think there'd be less conflict. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine any, and I've got a church when I took it, was like mostly 80 to 105, mm-hmm. and now we're spread over the gamut, you know, yeah, sure. uh, considerably. But I can't see any of my people upset with what yeah. you have done. But I have been in other things yeah. where Travis it's just, Cottrell, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, and and part of the understanding of it, I think, is um, I think a lot of writers don't understand there is a meter that the poetry is written in, and if you if they don't fall into that meter in some way, like it really makes the song rough too. And I, and I didn't know that for a long time. I started paying attention a lot. By the way, speaking of the hymnal, metrical index. Yeah, look at the metrical index in the back of the hymnal. And you'll find, like, oh, there's all sorts of ones. And you'll find that, you know, sometimes just switching it to a different tune, you'll go through the metrical index and find, like, oh, this tune's used on six other songs in here. Or, you know, or maybe this will work better if I do it to another thing. So, like, pay attention in the back of the hymnal and things like that. And the reason I mentioned note flight is if I want to experiment with, like, writing it out just a lead sheet or something, I can, like, change the timing on note flight pretty easily. It's, It's a pretty intuitive, like, website to use and then you can just save your music and I can put it in 6-8 and then start just kind of writing from the hymnal even if I'm not really good at notation which I'm not um, I go in and try to you know like I want to try this in 6-8 but I want to use the same notes that'll help me keep true to those notes too as I'm kind of going through it, do you mind if in the time we have left I just share a couple more like things I've done with my congregation that like this is one Every Easter they want to sing Up From the Grave We Arose, you know. But again, that's one that is not... Uh, to, to modern ears and younger ears, it just doesn't... Yeah, Up From the Grave We Arose. It just doesn't always... And, and it's a cool thing. Like, in some services, it's great. But again, with the band I have, it just doesn't always translate so well. So, again, I, I just... I kept the melody the same, and I didn't add a chorus to this one. It's... It's pretty much the same, like, up from the grave he rose. But I started thinking if I was to match the music a little bit more uh, tonally, the words we're singing. Because yeah. the first verse major. is actually... It, it's, it's all major. Yeah, yeah, but the words we're singing are minor. Grave, it's about, you know, <laughs> he's dead. The light of the world is gone, you know? And so I changed it to minor on the verses and major on the choruses to just help sing. And it's in 4-4. It's in four, four, so it's, it's more of a one, two, three, four...
notice again, the melody's not changed. It's really, it, it may be a couple notes here and there just to fit. Um, but it's it's pretty straight, 4-4, four, four, like, you know, one chord per chorus. So that's just an idea I had of, of like, trying to make it something a little different. Compared but we did it. Oh, yeah. in the great delay. It's major chords. I love that song, but it drives me crazy. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't, it's not married very and well. And kind of the meter the shift from the verse to the chorus in the traditional style is hard to pull off again with, like, modern band and, and that sort of thing. Sure. You guys, uh, you know, in before we get through, I'd really like you guys to talk maybe some some other resources. Maybe people don't feel sure. Like they yeah, have yeah. A master of the strophic arts, or yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, there's something. a great CD called Hymns Ancient and Modern. Yeah, that yeah. came out a came few out years about ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Chris Tomlin, it's, it's yeah. a Crowder and all that. It's really a great yeah. So yeah. resources. Um, Rick mentioned No Flight. Um, I mean, I do think like the the internet and social media are like are just fundamentally a great, or your best friend, or a great tool. And so, like, for instance, I, uh, I'm i in a few different worship groups on Facebook that are very broad in terms of denominational representation and stuff. One is called Worship Leaders Plus, plus sign. Uh, and, um, and, like, I'll just go on there and be like, does anybody have, like, a modern version of such and such a song? And, like, and crowdsource it, so to speak. Uh, so that's one thing, uh, or just Googling, you know, like a hymn title and put like new version or something and see what pops up. Listen, you know, watch some YouTube clips and, and find stuff that way. Kind of just go on the hunt as a, you know, kind of curating the, the, the hymnal of your church in that sense. Um, so th- I found that to be helpful. Um, I, and I wanted, wanted to mention because I just became aware of it. So I think two of our, two of our greatest modern hymn writers are Keith and Kristen Getty that wrote in Christ Alone. Unfortunately, they're like uber-reformed Calvinist in their like theology, and so you have to be a little careful and selective about their songs. Um, but, but I really appreciate what they do, even though some of their songs that I really like in musically and, and like there's like one line that's just, oh, no! Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the least of it, actually, yeah. for me. What are the legal ramifications for us? Of changing? Changes in these things. So, we get I'm, called in to report. That's a good so, question. So, um, technically, what is protected by copyright is the melody and the lyric of, of a song. I mean, that's what's covered. Uh, and so if you have a CCLI license, which every church should have, uh, you are permitted for any song that's registered with CCLI to, uh, to reproduce the lyrics. So in the form of, you know, overhead projection, um, you know, charts, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so when you, so it's, it's breaking copyright to change a lyric without permission in print, it there's there's nothing that uh, keeps you from performing <laughs> a changed lyric. Um, well, like some of the songs that used to repeat, repeat the same phrase ten times, yeah. and then go to another phrase ten times. I've taken and the just taken the one phrase, and then the is next that the phrase. Yeah. Phrase, the next oh, phrase. that's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, nothing it's wrong not with no, that. not that this is my album. But when, I mean, they're all published. By so, it, but if you ch- but if you like, if it's there's a line in a song that now if it's a public if it's public domain, if it's an old song, you can do whatever you want because it's public domain. Yeah. But but new songs, um, technically, it's a violation of copyright to change the lyric in print. Now. I tend to tell people in a kind of winking way, like, you just kind of deal with your own conscience on that. So, like, 
I have you changed. Visit you in person. <laughs> I have, I have, I have changed. We'll uh, chip in for the fine. So. I have changed. The, yeah, for the for the for the fine or the uh, you know whatever. Or yeah, or you can actually put. You know, <clears throat> let's face it. CCLI does not have cameras at your yeah, church watching. they're not driving around. Uh, but CCLI I will points. sometimes if, if if it's in print on the screen. If I've changed the words, I just put at the bottom new words by yeah, Rick Lee James or something. Custom and, arrangement. Yeah, a custom arrangement or something. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, good point. That's I've, good. I've never heard of anyone actually going to prison for doing it or, or even getting in like real legal trouble. Sometimes no, churches. But I figure just, there is a line. There is. Like I wouldn't make the album of it, you know, and start putting it out there exactly. without permission. And sell it. That's part of it too. Is like if you're not doing anything to, to and if, sell it. If or you can, I'd say get you know permission if if you're going to do it on on a long term basis. But, but I was going to mention with Keith and Kristen. The reason I brought them up is that they. Pay pay attention in the fall for the release. They're they're releasing a book called Sing. They have a conference coming up in the fall called Sing, and it's a it's a Lifeways putting it out, um, and it's really to uh, resource congregations uh, and worship teams, and they they just have a real passion for like the, we're losing the congregational voice right. in in worship, yeah. and 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 needing to to sing together. And you know I've experienced it. In, in terms of, I mean, I, I like contemporary worship, so I don't want any of this Rick does too. I mean, we, we, we love contemporary songs too. But um, where it really came into focus for me in the last year or two was that um, I, at the seminary I teach at, we have a consecration service for our graduates, and we always do a song. And when I came to the seminary, the song that they had been doing for the last couple of years was How Great Is Our God. But the context that we're in, and we're all in our ap- academic robes and all this stuff, and we would just sing it a cappella. Right? Well, singing, you know, the splendor of the king. Rest, 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 <laughs> robe in majesty. Rest, you know, uh, name above all names, poor beaks, rest, worthy. Right? And it's like, that's just awkward. And when you compare the structure of a pop song, I mean, that's a pop, that's written like a pop song, right? To the structure of hymns, where like you're singing on every note, basically, right? Uh, that just people just sing differently, yeah. and it's and I don't want to prioritize a certain structure. But when in that context, particularly with the acapella thing, when we started instead singing, um, uh, what was the song we started doing? We started doing a hymn that's one yeah. that like everybody knows, and it was like wow, now everybody's singing, you know, because it was and people started singing parts and stuff instead of trying to do all unison, you know, and it just. It really made a difference, and so you know, if you want your congregations to sing, um, turn. If if you have dim sanctuaries, turn up the lights. If you have loud PA's, turn down the PA, and people will start to sing because they can hear the congregational voice singing. Um, and you yeah. know, other resources, just real quick, because we're out of time. But um, uh, Song Select from CCLI oh, is very good if you if you don't use that. And a lot of times, you can go on YouTube and just. Yeah, again, look up like new arrangement of a song. Uh, just to make a, a quick plug for something I'm a part of, and Keith and Christian Getty, this song actually, they re- I have the demo of this because they were going to put this on their album, and then they decided not. And then to they last broke one. your heart. They oh. broke my heart, decided not to. But I still have it on my phone, like their demo. Um, this this album, hymns, prayers, and invitations. Um, I actually didn't do any of the songs today except "Ain't Can Be" off this one. Um, but all of these are available at LifeWayWorship.com. So, like, say, for instance, you're looking... LifeWay does a lot of hymn arrangements and new arrangements. And the nice thing about them, 
Um, they aren't free, but they're very inexpensive. I want to say it's like a dollar fifty or a dollar ninety-nine to like to print off something like this for your congregation to use. And you, you can know, make copies get it in your of your band and things like that. Um, so, like on my album, because I write with them, like all of these, I can easily say if there's you know like hymns or things that you like on this, I can just say, well, lifewayworship.com. Um, that's pretty inexpensive for sheet music for your church, you know, if you're needing something like that. And, and Lifeway is doing freebies all the time. Like, you'll look online and you'll find that they do that. If you subscribe to Worship Leader Magazine, they have a service called uh, Song Discovery. Um, and they, every month, will send out a CD. And they have a website database, actually, where if you subscribe to their magazine, yeah, you can get... Like you can print off the lead sheet if it's a, if it's a song you like that you have on there. A lot of times they have hymn adaptations and things like that. Um, planning so, center, planning center is a good one. Planning center is great. Yeah, planning center you can put the music into. It doesn't like provide music for you, but planning center is a great way to share and communicate with your team. Uh, so if you write an, an arrangement of a hymn, let's say you write it on note flight, print it off as a PDF, uh, and then you can put it right into planning center. Make your own demo video on YouTube, put it into Planning Center, and, and let your team, you know, kind of hear your arrangement and what you're wanting to do. So Sing a little bit of that one, and then we'll... Yeah, we'll, yeah we're done out of time. So, and just in case you want to hear it, I'll inflict this on you, this this last verse. Do you want the music? No, I don't need it. So, um, so this is an example of St. Patrick's Prayer, the breastplate prayer of St. Patrick, and I put it to music. Um, because there wasn't a hymn available that I knew of. If you want to sing along, feel free. It might be a little high in the key it's in. They also have it in the key of C, but... Um
So that's as much of the workshop as I had from General Assembly in Indianapolis, and I hope you enjoyed what we were able to present there. And um, thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. By the way, I wanted to mention there is a new method for booking, even though it will say at the end of the podcast to contact me through Pair Booking. I'm no longer working with Pair uh, Agency, but you can go to my website at rickleyjames.com slash booking, and you'll be able to find out information there on how to book me in the future for your next event. So thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head. God willing, I'll be back with you next week. You guys take care. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I'd like to host my own podcast? Well, guess what? You can go to podbean.com slash voices and get everything you need to create, manage, and promote your podcast. I use Podbean every week for voices in my head. There's easy uploading and publishing tools, stunning templates, custom domains, social and promotional tools, an embeddable podcast player, monetization tools, and more. It is your all-in-one podcasting solution. With Podbean, you can create professional podcasts in minutes without any programming knowledge. Best of all, everything is mobile-ready right from the start. So go to podbean.com voices. And when you sign up, use the code VOICES and you'll get a sizable discount. Podbean, for your home podcasting. Thank you for listening to Voices in My Head. Thank you for joining me here this week on the Voices in My Head podcast. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com, follow me on Twitter at rickleyjames, like my artist page on Facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames, and keep up to date on what I'm writing at my author page on Amazon.com. Make sure to follow my calendar on the website, and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert, a speaking engagement, or a book event, you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for Pair Booking Agency. That's P-A-R-E Booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace, who raised Christ from the dead, strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.